Julia. Welcome to Dad Bod History. I'm Eric Hoffman. I'm joined here by Jake Rines and Cameron Lehman and Nick Pareka, all four of us in the metaphorical house at the same time. We've got a full deck tonight. Or yes, today, depending on it's when you're listening. The Fantastic Four? Oh, God. No. You, you said That's a YouTube house. strike. So. Well, here's what I was thinking of because I'm wearing my Golden Girls tank top today. So I've got beer to match from the gourmet gas station. Blanche, Rose, so we could be the Golden Dads tonight. Nice. Please no. Who would who would you be, Cameron? Ooh. So there's Rose, Blanche, Ma, and then um, B. Arthur. What was her character's name? Can I just pick a character I, from Nick's shirt? I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with uh, Betty White, just because that's the only one I know. I, you would be the Betty White. I agree. I would. would not. <laughs> you're, the, you're the sweetest of us all. <laughs> uh, Isn't she Eric's Blanche definitely Devereux? Ma. Who's Ma? You? Eric's definitely Ma. Oh, yeah, he's Ma. Isn't Betty I'm White the only one that's still alive? She is. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Cameron, did you start recording yet? Yeah. But... Good. But, uh... Yeah, B. Arthur was uh, my audio. Eric. I'll have to be B. Arthur. Right? Well, who is Blanche? She was the man killer. I, you, Eric? I don't know Golden Girls. You don't know? Okay. Let's, sorry. Need to let's talk about Golden something Girls. that we all know, like Sports. The, the Yankees <laughs> core four. <laughs> core four, you know, Jeter <laughs> and Mariano Rivera and all I know is they lost Asana. the Diamondbacks in 2001. We might have oh, to restart gosh. this yeah. whole episode because <laughs> nobody knows anything about anything else. So let's restart. Let's no, this is gold. Dead girls. A podcast with four people on a podcast is hard. I'm just yeah. going to weigh in every once in a while. That sounds good. Um, well, <laughs> Screw we'll, you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Pandemic to Progress, episode three. Part three. Yes. Episode three. All right. So we spent the first two episodes talking about. um, That's all the riffing we're doing? Really just ranting. Gosh. Ranting and raving. No, that's fine. That's fine. But sports do start this coming week. They do. As long as you don't count MLS or women's soccer, baseball starting. anybody? Or UFC. I'm not getting into that fight. Golf's been going. Like I said, sports oh, yeah. are starting this week. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> baseball. Is it baseball? I like soccer. It's then, just it's been weird to watch stadiums that are empty and they don't have sound, or stadiums that are empty and they just feed like crowd noise into it. On it's the kind of weird because the baseball starting and I, I'm sure other teams did this, but something I saw the Brewers doing is basically fans yeah cutouts by to have their cutouts <clears throat> put uh, in the stands. Yeah, I, and um, and then they expanded it to take pictures of your pets and put those in the stands too, and which is nice. I think that's a great way to 
support the team. But, but they're still Are keeping, they going to pipe noise in? Or? I, I don't know, but they're still keeping the cardboard cutouts back six rows. <laughs> As if the cardboard cutouts... So they don't get rowdy, so they don't interfere I, with the game. I guess they don't catch so. a fly ball. <laughs> uh, I saw that, and I'm just like, why are they keeping them back? I don't... Whatever. That's odd. Why all I can think of are the the poor ball boys who have to put all the cardboard cutouts in the stands. Oh my gosh, <laughs> a big job! You would well, that makes sense, right? Yeah, like you work. You worked. Um, yeah, that's your lived experience, Nick. Right. It's true. Did you it work be much at, harder at the than too? Uh, not the well at the team shop. Yeah, with Eric. Oh, you did. There's some stories to tell, Eric. You don't want to hear. <laughs> You want to know? Your students don't uh, need to hear those stories. Uh, so yeah, they don't listen not. anyways. That's fine. Or well, they will. Eventually. I, here's, here's the thing with, and I'm sorry to, I guess, take it back to baseball, but yeah. like when I watch baseball on TV, I never really think the crowd noise is a huge factor anyway, unless it's like a primetime game. But I think NBA without fans is going to be unsettling yeah. at first. I, I'm sure I'll get used to it, but... I think that's going to be a different experience. Have you seen the setup that they have? It's really interesting. Yeah, they've got, like, picture a convention center room, and then they have every team's home court just laid out next to each other. Like in a massive hotel? Yeah, and then they stagger the games. So, I mean, I don't know exactly how they're going to do it, but I think they're going to stagger the games so not all the courts are used at at once. That's crazy. Yeah. But there's like, there's a room and there'll just be like five courts laid out next to each other. And it's all like the home wooden court from each team's arena laid down just all in a row cool. in a convention center room. It's kind of cool. That's yeah. wild. And NFL players are, I guess, throwing their, their hissy fits now. Well, I think rookies, I think the, rookies report tomorrow. Well, yeah. But NFL players started to, to, to get upset or, or start to make their their thoughts known about player safety first, and to, the NFL had more time than any other league to get this stuff ready to go, and they acted like we said, like nothing In true was happening. NFL fashion, yeah, no, it'll yeah. all be fine. Well, it'll it'll the player yeah. safety thing is coming up a lot. So, well, and of That's the organized sports, this is the one, right? The fo- football is the one with the greatest chance for an outbreak. Right, because instead of um, nine players on the field or five players on a court, you have you have twenty two players on the field at all times, smashing into each other. Yeah, right. And then going in and out in shifts constantly. So yeah, the NFL told them they weren't allowed to exchange jerseys after the game, as if they didn't just spend three hours slamming their bodies against each other. That's like it's like putting a bandaid on after being shot. Like that's, that's kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. Well. That's the NFL. I'm excited. I'm I'm still excited for any organized sports to come in. Yeah. <clears throat> aside from the ones we already listed off that are currently playing, but um, I think that's actually kind of a good lead into our topic yeah. because we spent the first two episodes kind of talking about the historical context of pandemics and how they fa- shaped the world, the Black Death and the Spanish flu, namely. And then we spent the second episode saying how has it affected us personally. Um, be it in our work life, home life, financially, um, how we interact with people, um, our fears of getting sick. And so then now we want to spend the next couple episodes talking about, much like the Black Death, 
led to the end of feudalism and the rise of the middle class and, and possibly the Renaissance. And the Spanish flu led to kind of the, the rise of nationalized healthcare databases and um, hospitals being more holistic in how they treat patients. What changes are we going to see coming out of this pandemic? Because it will mm-hmm. end eventually. And like I said, we ended the last episode saying how the Great Depression fundamentally changed America from before in the 1920s to after in the 1940s and 50s with the policies that were enacted in the way that the government changed its scope. The same thing is going to happen here is the America that existed in 2019 is going to be very different than the America that exists in 2021 or 2022. And some of those changes I think are going to be awesome and some are going to be not so awesome and and some I don't think we have any idea. Um, But there's a lot we can speculate on. And I think the first one, since it's the one that kind of spurred this topic, is maybe how we look at money or how we look at the economy, I think is a great way to start this. Because like I said, when I was at that gas station, I saw the signs where it said, due to the shortage of coins, you have to have exact change. And if you don't have exact change, you need to, you'll get a gift card in lieu of getting change back if you pay in cash. And that's so, it was just so, such an odd thing to see. And I think in, in some respects, it's going to accelerate a change that's already begun because so many transactions that happen now today are cashless and not just between um, customer and retailer or business to business, but from person to person. Like if we all go out to dinner and I'll Eric just let you pay, that's fine. Or I'll just pay. <laughs> but then we would figure out what the bill was and then you'd all send me money yeah. via Venmo or Zelle yeah. or some other cashless system. You wouldn't the the people the number of people paying actual cash to split the bill has dropped considerably. And so Is Venmo think, a sponsor of the show now? Blendmo. Blendmo. Is. Just <laughs> yeah. Just full transparency, right? No. No, they aren't. But uh I think that the whole concept of how we deal with money is going to be very, very different. And I think, you know, I know some, is it Dave Ramsey where he's got the, when you get paid, you take out certain yeah. amounts of cash for certain envelopes. And I think, I think it's a great system, but it's all predicated on using cash. And I think yeah, so how people do budgets is going to change how everything, how we deal with money is going to change. Well, Go it's going to be, it's going to be more difficult for people to budget on a cash system, you know, I, on our, usually once a month, I have, I have a paycheck that we pull our cash from and I'll pull the cash out, put it in the wallet, but I still end up like having groceries for pickup or delivery. And so rather than actually going into the store and shopping, I did that before the pandemic, um, just because of ease of, of, uh, grocery shopping. But then I would take the cash and then deposit it in the bank, um, knowing that that's what we spent on groceries that particular week. Um, but it's so less feasible for me to go to the bank just to go again when now I, you know, we're encouraged to stay home. So I see that as going away. And, and I think Cameron will agree with me. I'm not thrilled about having a society that's going cashless, especially one that goes completely cashless. It's fine if people want to opt out of it, um, but I think having cash as 
the an option um, is something I'm going to advocate for. I agree. Um, I've got three kids, as you guys know, um, 10, eight, and three. And a big part of teaching money to kids is cash, that tangible, you know, you do this amount of work, you get this amount of cash. And it's just coincidentally tonight, um, my daughter earned 12 bucks from um, picking up weeds and doing chores and what have you. And I went to the ATM, which is, you know, right across the street from our house and she needed 12 bucks. So I got a 10 and a 10 out. And then I went to uh, the grocery store. Grocery store's not giving out cash. So I said, shoot. So I went to the gas station. They're not doing it either. I went to the liquor store. And finally, the liquor store was the only place that had cash. And it took me three different places to, to figure that out. So two lessons there are, you know, the liquor store is the place to go. And the other one is, you know, you need that tangible cash in order to teach that to children. And, you know, that's a, that's a very small piece of the pie in a bigger sense. Um, but it's, I mean, whiskey you know, is a commodity, right? So you can right. just, when things get really bad, we share all and a, hold, you know, whiskey, a, a run on whiskey. You are truly a, now a mentor of mine, Cameron, because you've come up with a totally new way of making an excuse to go to the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell your wife. I mean, I would buy that story every okay, time. You don't understand. <laughs> There's no way you made that up. I had to. It's the only way. And he, well, and he did it for the kids. That's the yeah, best part. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I haven't noticed any cash shortages here uh, where I am in California. I don't know what Hawaii is like, if that's something you notice, Nick. No, we're not We're not there yet. It's, uh, you know, as you guys might know, we, we might, we are like last 50th in the nation in terms of cases and uh, kind of overall impact from the pandemic right now. So I think that some of the measures that we've taken are probably much less than Arizona and California, which have gotten hit so much harder, but yeah, we're still, we're still doing cash. Um, everybody's wearing masks everywhere. There's social distancing measures in restaurants and stuff, but uh, we you, haven't gone that far. Do you use cash quite often, or do most of your transactions, Nick, take place cashless? I guess. Most of mine, most of mine are already cashless. I think for me, cash is kind of like it feels when I have cash in my wallet. It feels like anything I purchase with it is like free because I've already <laughs> I've already taken it out of my it's bank account, out of the account, and it's out of my mind. So I'm like, oh, I got 20 bucks. Like, and so it just flies. It goes. No. Oh. We lost Nick. We went non-video. Hawaii cut him off. Oh. Okay. We'll see if he comes back. I, although I do this. tend to agree with Nick. I, I don't use cash much at all, really. And the only times I actually use cash is when I'm, I know I'm going to spend it, like, for something fun that night. Like, if it's a night out on the town or date night or something like that then I'll take cash out and say, this is the money I'm spending mm -hmm. for this yeah. thing. Um, but in general, I don't really use cash much at all. Um, you know, I, I did try to do the take some out and then budget certain expenses. Um, and, and then it just, for whatever reason, that's just not something I was either disciplined enough to do or the, the, the draw didn't pull me um, like it does I, others. But Yeah, it, I, it definitely is a hassle. Because I've I've done the Dave Ramsey um, plan for years and years, and we've done the, you know the the envelope thing, and um, it's it's hard to do. 
it's such a hassle because you got to go to the bank, you got to on payday, you got to go to the bank, you got to take the money out in the right delineations, and then you got to do this whole thing and write it out for the teller. And here's what I need. And mm-hmm. It's it's difficult, but it's it's still I think the way to go because if you're still just now starting to learn about money, it's the most tangible way to go. I do think I and I do agree with that. I think it's truly one of the most recognizable math manipulatives out there is when teaching math, right? And teaching numbers, money is it like this means this, and this is this. And if this many nickels, how, how many nickels does it take to make a quarter and stuff like that. And so I think that's a great tool for teaching kids math um, because it's real to them then, right? Like it makes sense. Like, Oh, well, if I get this much, then I can go buy this thing. Um, Where if it's, just numbers on a piece of paper or on a computer screen, it's harder to take that kind of abstract concept and make it real. Um, So I I do think that is one of the great benefits of physical currency. Yeah. However, I think, I think the trend nationally and globally is cash is going to become less and less important, whether or not they, eventually eliminate cash in our lifetimes. I don't know if that's something that's going to happen, but most people that are probably under 30 probably don't use cash ever or very, very rarely. Um, And I would suspect the same of our kids generation. They're going to use it even less than we do. And I think looking at the perspective of like a credit card company, they're probably in favor of less and less cash because every time you hand over cash at the grocery store or whatever, it's painful. But, you know, talking about swiping a card, it's a lot easier to part with money in that way and get in debt and and, and so on. So financial institutions are going to be a fan of it. I don't know if you've seen, uh, I've only watched a couple episodes of Black Mirror, but one of the first episodes is these people who, get onto these these uh like treadmills and they they earn credits and they earn all these credits but everything they do throughout the day costs them credit so they get up and you know do you want like plenty of light because it'll cost you a little bit more do you want it to be a little bit warmer in your room it'll cost you a credit uh do you want and you know they just they just ding it away right oh yeah take credit i want toothpaste i want soap i want water and then they go and they do their treadmills. And do they want the treadmill to be enjoyable with, with better viewing? That'll cost them credits. And by the time they've earned 100 credits in the day, they've also used 95 of them. And their objective is to get enough credits that they can like get out of the system. Right? And so I think um, I, I, I saw a couple of things. I put them on my phone. Um, there's a couple different people um, who posted things. One of the things I saw and I didn't save it was like the, the CEO of Chase or JP Morgan or that is Chase basically said, yeah, we want Jamie Dimon. We want cashless because that's going to be more efficient for us as a bank. Um, it takes out the whole cash that we have to deal with at the bank. We can just deal with transactions. Um, and it makes it easier for us to kind of help our customers. Right? Well, this other thing I came across says what a cashless society does guarantee. Banks have full control of every single penny you own. 
So if I can't even take out cash, I can't set like a thousand aside in cash in a lockbox just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, every transaction you make is recorded. All your movements and actions are traceable, right? And this is starting to get kind of conspiracy theory, you know, uh, tin hat, tinfoil hat, but this is all true stuff too. Um, access to your money can be blocked at the click of a button. So whether you've been convicted of something or not, whether you're suspected of something, you can be closed out of everything and you're stuck, right? Um, mm-hmm. You have no choice but to declare and be taxed in every penny in your possession. So, um, you know, if Jake pays me via Venmo for something I did, maybe I picked up a meal, that can be questioned as to why is that? Why is he paying you 20 bucks um, via Venmo? What is that for? Well, you know, maybe that's none of your business, actually. Um, this says the government will decide what you can and cannot purchase. And here's why that is important. There's this other one I got. Uh, it showed an email that someone uh, put up, and it said um, it's from Google Pay, right? So it's a pay service. It's not a bank, but it's a it's a service that does payments. And this person showed this email, and it said, Hello, a recent review of your Google Pay account indicates that the activity in your account violates our terms of service. Your transaction of 2026.26 for $85 USD uh, to, and it's kind of highlighted out with the memo, ammo is in violation of the content policy as described under section 5.2 of the Google Pay Terms of Service. So we may decline to process such transactions. Wow. So maybe maybe, maybe Google Pay has that right to say, we're not going to let you buy ammo. And some banks even said they're going to not finance or uh, extend financing to arms manufacturers. And maybe that's their right. But if I walk into a store and hand them a $100 bill so I can buy ammo, um, that at least still leaves me the option. Um, going cashless kind of removes some options. Um, yeah, I, it's, mm-hmm. and, I, and I see the, uh, you know, we've seen in but all the utopian films how, um, how efficient it can make everything. But there is a cost yeah. to efficiency. There, there is. And I think one of the costs is literal in the sense that the pay services such as Venmo charge you to withdraw that money, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if you paid me $20, I think Venmo can take 20 cents of that or something like that. Um, so that's one of the costs. Although I, I would say, interestingly, when you said with the Google Pay system is couldn't another company or group of companies form another pay system that you use that says we don't care sure i mean you what, could have a you use it for i mean if, if we're a capitalist country and you, the marketplace of ideas then you in could the literal marketplace you could you could have a pay system it would still be traceable though regardless of that yeah. company but even so let's say let's say there are five companies that will allow that service uh, and then something happens um which shoe manufacturer can I go to right now that isn't sponsoring Black Lives Matter? And if I disagree with that, who do I buy from that isn't in full support of that? Right. Well, and so you when there's these, become a cobbler and make okay. your own shoes. Okay. Well, so I, I make mean... my own ammo. I, yeah, I, I I get that. But 
in these when these kind of social changes happen and something happens and it turns the the public eye in a certain direction and then all five companies say we're not going to allow anyone to buy ammo anymore then where do i go yeah but what shoe company has been made in america in the past 30 years well, i mean they're all like wait like, based you know, like companies I, I, already, I mean, already but... do objectionable things that so i i, I see right. what you're saying and i i think the fear is more like you said, with the government seizing your assets, that would bother me uh, more than necessarily being tracked because the phone that I'm using is already doing that for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we're already. I think the asset seizing is the issue, and I think if any time we move in a direction where it's easier for the government to infringe on our rights, that's when laws need to be strengthened to protect those very rights. Yeah, and I think that's the 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 balance that we need to achieve because yeah. I do think that. Whether or not we go entirely cashless, the the importance of physical currency is going to diminish in an every in a day to day right. realm. Maybe not in some um, macroeconomic realm, but in between you and me and and where we go shopping and stuff like that, I think it's going to diminish. Yeah, I mean, I haven't taken cash out of the bank in three months. Mm-hmm. Because it it makes no sense to take it out just to put it back in, and and it was I was leaning that way anyways, doing the the uh, pickup and delivery from places like Walmart or Target. And you just you just pay for it on your phone with a card, and and that I mean it saves me hours a week of shopping, right? So mm-hmm. there's my payoff, there's my incentive. Do you think once this passes? The, the pandemic, I mean, you'll go right back to doing what you did before where you take out set envelopes of cash. Maybe. How about I, you, Cameron? It's it's a hassle. So honestly, I've, I've gotten away from it and maybe not. Maybe. Isn't that interesting though? Because we were just talking about how like, yeah, that's a big thing for you mm-hmm. and, and, and you too as, as well, Eric. And, and it's already kind of broken you out of that habit. Mm-hmm. And you're like, maybe? Like it's mm-hmm. it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, like, looking quick. looking at my can change. Looking yeah. at my like bank balance or versus looking in the envelope, they might tell me the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. But one is easier to say, let's go ahead and order out tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's a lot easier to look at the account to say, yeah, it's it's more abstract. It's less tangible. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't, I don't, I, I've heard that actually debit cards can, like virus can last longer on a flat piece of plastic than it can in the fibers of dollar bills or coins. And maybe that was early on, but. Well, that's because I always leave my cash in my pockets and wash them in the laundry. So that's how they get clean. <laughs> so maybe that's why. You launder your money? Is that what you're saying? I do. You're an expert at laundering <laughs> your money, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why nobody in the stores is touching the debit cards, too, right? Mm-hmm. They just point at the machine. Uh, the generally. Machine. There's a few places yeah. that'll take the card from me. Well, they're irresponsible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. I think that's true. I, I 
And the cards, because they have the new chip now, you can just wave them in front of the reader, too. Mm, a lot of times it'll automatically. Or your phone can do it. Do you still have to you punch don't even the, need the, card. Uh, the thing? Hmm? I, find, I still find my, myself entering my pin all the time. I think licking my fingers. Trans- okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends on the transaction amount, but... Yeah, no, I won't do that for anything under 20 bucks, but... <laughs> The second you leave the store, they're there with a can of Lysol. (laughs) Just dumping it. Yep. All right. Um, Well, that wraps up this one. And uh, that was a good little talk. I think I'm I'm really interested to see how everything goes when things go back to normal. Um, How normal, what that normal is, I guess. The new normal. Yeah, the new normal. Um, When it comes to just how we deal with money. but that wraps up this little shorter episode of Dad Bod History. Um, be sure to like, follow, subscribe, and we'll see you next time.